Welcome to The Alternative Investor, the show where we discuss, debunk, and demystify all things about investing in alternative assets. Okay, Brad, how are you? I'm well, Grayson. How about yourself? I'm good. Let's talk about preferred equity. Yeah, let's do that. Okay, preferred equity. This is what this episode is going to be about. We're going to try to keep this light. We're going to try to keep it fun, and that is going to be a challenge, Brad, because preferred equity, I wouldn't consider it sexy. Well, it's sexy if the payments are coming to you, if it's your preferred equity. That's right. Okay. So I think in order to talk about preferred equity, Brad, okay, so preferred equity, what is it? We're going to first talk about what is equity, and then we're going to get into what how preferred equity differs from equity, and then we're going to kind of talk about some common reasons for using preferred equity in a real estate or a private equity deal. Uh, so Brad, kick it off. What? Let's start with equity. What is equity? And that'll help us set the stage here. It's just what you get in exchange for giving uh, your hard-earned money to the company or the asset, right? It's it's your stake in that in that company or deal. Yeah, and I think probably most people have a, fa- a fairly intuitive feel for this. But you know, if if there's a business or a real estate project and it needs capital and flourish operate, yeah. and operate and you give capital to that you get a little sliver of ownership in that project right yeah and it's higher in the capital stack right it's riskier so if something goes wrong the equity is the first to go to zero whereas the debt or the lender has a lower stake lower position in the capital stack and therefore a less risky investment yeah okay so i'm glad you brought in capital stack because in a simple world if you think about it, there's really two types of capital that go into these projects right there's debt and there's equity and i think you're making the point that equity gets treated uh, or <laughs> gets paid out after debt right so the lender or the bank whoever's loaning money to the property or the project they usually get paid out first, which is what you meant by higher in the capital stack, right? Yeah. If you think about a capital stack is just, if you think about the layers, right, of equity and debt equal a hundred, right? And from top to bottom, top being the equity, the bottom being the debt, it's just the different percentages uh, of those two right types of sources. So in a typical real estate deal, for example, like if you bought your house, you put 20% down, the capital stack for your house is 20% equity and 80% debt. Okay, well, let's let's do a quick example in here for a, a real estate project. Let's assume, okay, Brad, I'm going to set the scene for you. Ooh. Uh, you live in uh, Fresno, California. Why? And, why? Wow, Brad, I think we have <laughs> Sorry. quite a few listeners from Fresno, actually. <laughs> Sorry. I, I love Fresno. So you're living in Fresno, California, and your buddy comes to you and says, hey, uh, I found a building that's for sale. It's on the corner of First and Main, and it's going to be $10 bucks, and I have a million, but I need $9 million from you. So now the purchase price of the building is $10 million, and you're going to put in $9 million bucks, Brad. What are you going to want in exchange for that $9 million? I'm going to want to own 90% of that building. Yep. So you're going to own 90% of the building? Okay, that makes sense. So you've, it's cost $10 million. You put in nine, so you own nine, yeah, you put in nine, so you own 90%. But also, okay, so you own 10%. Yeah, so you own 10% of the building. It's very simple. Your, your buddy who's running the property owns 10%. You own 90%. Um, let's say at the end of year one, so you buy the building January 1st, 2019. And at the end of 2019, there is $500,000 to go around. That's the $500,000 in profit that the building kicked off. Brad, how much are you going to get of that? I'm going to get 450 k or 90%. Exactly. So 90% of 500K is 450K. So it's very simple. So that is a, that's a, just a simple equity or, or a simple example of just simple equity. No preferred equity there. Okay, so now let's get into preferred equity. So uh, there's two types of equity. There's common or preferred. And the, one we, the, the example that we just gave you is really an example of common equity. 
So Brad, describe preferred equity. Preferred equity just means that you have a preferential treatment over the other types of equity. Preferred equity is special in that regard, right? There is usually a minimum requ- minimum return required for this slug of equity. It's special equity. Yeah. So profits, it's sexier equity than common equity, right? It is. So profits would go to this slug of equity before the common equity or sponsor equity if this was a real estate type of deal. Okay, well then let's let's go back to that same example. Okay, remember we're living in Fresno. Your buddy comes to you and says, "Hey, I got a great it's, building." It's very hot right now. It's super hot. I think it's over a hundred. Uh, you go to your buddy says, "Hey, we're going to buy this building. It's going to be ten million. And hey, Brad, I need nine million from you. But now, Brad, you want preferred equity. You don't want just common equity. You want preferred. So, what is that going to look like? It means that you are going to get paid out first. So, if you if that property earns that same five hundred thousand dollars, and you have a ten percent preferred equity stake. Okay, well, hold up. Okay, so let's say your preferred return is ten percent. Okay. Yeah. Now. Again, you buy the building January 1st, 2019. A year goes by. Lo and behold, the same $500,000 is available to distribute. Now how much do you get? You get all of it. Oh, my God. That sounds incredible. It's a good deal. This is great. Yeah, so you didn't do a thing, right? I didn't lift a finger. I didn't take a tenant call. I didn't deal with any you know, water leaks. I didn't deal with any problems, right? But I'm going to get all of that cash flow for year one because I had that 10% preferred equity stake. Okay, well, and let's do the math for everybody because I, you know, I know we're all, everyone's following along in their cars. Yeah, they're probably riveted. writing this down, you know, so, mapping it out. <laughs> I hope not. Okay, so remember, you put in $9 million, You have a 10% preferred return on that $9 million. There's five hundred thousand dollars in profits to go around, but if you think what's ten percent of nine hundred or nine million, it's it's nine hundred grand, right? So in theory, you're owed nine hundred grand, but hey, there's only five hundred k to go around. So you get that you got that five hundred k, and now you also have a little IOU from the project, right, for another four hundred k to get to your nine hundred k balance, correct? Correct. Now, this isn't contractually owed to you like a debt payment. In other words, nobody's can't foreclose on the property because they didn't make this interest payment, right? It's not an interest payment. It's just a preferential treatment in the profits. So it just accrues. So you're owed it, but you can't foreclose. Yeah. And maybe you get paid that next year or the following year when the building gets sold. But at, you know, at some point, you hopefully will get paid that. But you're right. It's not secured like a loan is against the property. Correct. Okay. So preferred equity is special. It's it's treated more preferentially. Uh, what is why? What are the reasons for preferred equity, and what, why do we typically see these in real estate deals, private equity deals, venture deals? What's what's going on here? I think the main reason is just to align interests with the sponsor who's bringing the deal to you, putting the deal together, running it. Uh, they're aligning interest with you, your capital, by putting in a preferred return. So therefore, you know that they're looking for deals that are going to hit this minimum return. Because otherwise, they'd be silly to just you know buy any deal that wasn't going to hit this return because then they wouldn't make any money. Yeah, no, I like the way you I like the way you describe that as an alignment of oh, interest. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> well, you know, if the sponsor, if the sponsor wasn't giving out preferred equity or if it was all common equity, she might be incentivized to do lower returning deals because she knows she's going to get her pro rata of the return sooner, right? Yeah, it's easier to do deals, right? If you're paying a higher amount than everybody else and therefore getting a lower return, but you can do a bigger deal and as the sponsor get a higher you know dollar amount of the profits just on an absolute basis, right? If you're just doing deals that don't have a, a preferred return. Yeah. Harder to find deals that hit a kind of minimum 8% preferred return. So you got to fight harder, you got to dig through all these deals to find that needle in a haystack that works. 
that's going to hit those return requirements. Yeah. I guess another, you know, maybe another reason for preferred equity is that oftentimes you you just need to offer preferred equity to attract capital to your project or your deal, right? If it was all common and there was no there's no preferential treatment, you know, investors might they they might look elsewhere. And so this is this is simply just a way to kind of make the deal look more attractive to investors and make it easier to attract capital, right? Yeah, it's not an absolute. There's plenty of deals where it might make sense to not have a preferred return for some reason. But that is the convention. The convention is most of the deals you're going to see in real estate, in private equity, even in in hedge funds, you're going to see some kind of minimum return where the sponsor, the investment company, is not going to be participating in the profits on a sale unless you've hit some certain minimum return requirement. Yeah, and uh, at the end of the day, it's it just it gives a, a little additional layer of protection to the kind-hearted men and women that are going to be providing you the capital for your deal. And hey, don't they deserve that? They, they do. Yeah. If, if as a, a sponsor, you're, you're not hitting an 8% return or a 6 if you're doing a lower risk deal, if you're not hitting that type of return, you don't deserve to get paid. No, no. Pack it up. Go Pack home. Pack it up. You know, try something else. No, speaking of packing it up, um, I, I would just say, look, you know, for all of you out there that are going to be evaluating private equity deals, venture deals, real estate deals, Expect to see preferred equity as a component of these deals. Uh, you know, get comfortable with it. Think, you know, do some reading online about it because this is going. This it's a it's a slightly nuanced concept that I think does require a little bit of thinking. But it, it's common. You're going to see this in a lot of different deals. Yeah, and I don't think you have. To, it's not a, an absolute that you have to have a preferred return every year that uh, the sponsor is not participating in a dollar. Right until you've gotten your entire capital back, and your yeah, you don't want to stick it to the sponsor, yeah. right? You want them to be able to participate in profits in some capacity, and maybe they're making that up on fees, right? Some sponsors charge a lot of fees, and that's that's a way for them, you know, to keep the lights on while the deal's running. But you want the sponsor to be incentivized to run the deal the right way, to maximize the profits from that deal. So it's fine if they're participating in cash flow or even uh, appreciation, right? Sometimes uh, if you've had a deal for five years, right, you can mark that deal to market because maybe nobody wants to sell it. Maybe all the investors want to keep that that deal another five years. But you can mark it to market and then the investor or the sponsor can start participating in a little bit of the cash flow, right? Uh, so that's just a way to incentivize the sponsor to keep doing a great job. But if they go to sell that deal, then you want to make sure that your, your equity has preferential treatment and that they're not seeing a dime of that sale proceeds, right? And until you've hit your six, seven, eight percent preferred return. Yeah. Yeah. There's a there's a happy medium here where you want to have preferential treatment, but you got to keep the sponsor happy and you got to keep her motivated to continue operating the deal. Alignment of interest. There you go. Okay. So that's preferred equity. I, I thought that was pretty fun. I had a blast. Okay. Any questions? Uh go to Brad. Thanks for listening to the Alternative Investor. Since you made it this far, you should take a second to subscribe to the podcast and join our email list. There, you'll receive additional insights and insider access to the world of alternative investments. Just visit thealternativeinvestorshow.com.